On the fruit of the Spirit, praise God. You know, uh, this is just a great series. You know, it's a great series to go back and look at and listen to um, because it really deals with character. And as believers, you know what? This is the character of Christ really being developed in our lives. We have it in us. We have the divine nature in us as we've looked at. But you know what? Um, we need it outworked in our, in our lives. And you know what? The Holy Ghost has it worked in. And praise God, by the Holy Ghost and by the Word of God, these qualities then can be worked out in our lives. And they're by the Holy Ghost. Amen. You can't put the flesh down by the flesh, as we said. You can only deal with the flesh and walk in the Spirit through the fruit of the Spirit. And you don't end up in the Spirit because you put the flesh down. No, you get in the Spirit and then you have the ability in God to deal with the flesh. Amen. And so we looked at several of these things. But let me just look here in Galatians 5 and verse 22 again. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. And then the one we're going to look at tonight, meekness and temperance against such there is no law. So I'm going to look at meekness tonight, and we'll finish with this series with looking at, at this this evening. And there's a lot in meekness, but we'll bring out whatever we can this evening. I actually do have a series up there um, on podcasts and different things that deals with humility and um, and meekness and all of those kind of things and talks about promotion and how that God promotes you when you're humble. Talks about how that grace flows to the humble. Praise God. Grace doesn't flow to the proud. Grace flows to the humble. And it's through grace then that God promotes us. Amen. But there's a lot there in that series and I cover a lot more. But I'm just going to see what, what we, we can hit on this evening. But meekness, there are several meanings to it. One of them is a teachable attitude. And thank God as believers, we should remain teachable. When you stay teachable, you keep learning. And there's none of us know it all. You know, sometimes we can think like we know, and then God just shows us a different light on something else, and we realize again how little we know. None of us know it all. Amen. I like to think of it many times. It's like um, you see these um, physicists, and they do these mathematical equations. You ever see it on a blackboard to put up all of these equations, and you look at it, it's gook to me. But you know what? It means something to their minds, their math mind. They, they can look at it and understand it, see equations, because God made everything with equations. And so they can solve equations. And some of them physicists, if they solve one difficult equation in their life, that sets them on the map. I'm telling you, as a physicist, because they got one equation right. And you know what? No matter how smart that is, to God, it's like one plus one. And yet many times when people think that they know something, they know squat compared to what God knows. You know, uh, anything we know, it's still like um, simplified for us to get it. Jesus used simple illustrations of fishing, of seed time and harvest. We don't know the complexities of seed time and harvest, but he made it so easy for us. And you know what? Thank God we can keep learning but no matter what we know, I'm telling you, for us, the Bible says we know in part. That's it. We know in part. Paul said, when I was a child, I thought like a child. And then as I'm an adult, you know what? I, I think like an adult. 
I put away childish things. As long as we're on this earth, we're thinking childish compared to God who knows all things. You'll never bottom out God's wisdom. And so when we think that we know it all and we stop learning, it's, it's a prideful thing. But humility keeps us learning. It lets us know that we don't know it all, and that's a great quality to have. You know what? We can't even grasp the complexities of God. As the Bible says, it's past finding out. God is past finding out. What is that verse of the, the, the riches of God's wisdom and knowledge? Um, it's past finding out. I'll tell you, God is awesome. Really is. Never lose, never lose that reality that God is awesome. No matter how much you know, you only know little. You only know a part. I always love like um, the humility that Kenneth Hagin used to have when he would, would talk about, you know, coming out to minister. And he'd say, sometimes I feel ashamed going out with a little bit of knowledge that I have. That was not a bad confession. That was an awesome confession of my knowledge compared to the complexities of God. It was actually a good, healthy confession to say, I know little, I know part. That is a word confession. Sometimes people say, oh, I'm full of the word. A word confession is I only know a part. That's a word confession. I don't know as much as I ought to. Amen. I'm going to keep learning. And what a, what a humble statement to be able to say something like that. After being in ministry for 60 years and saying, I feel ashamed coming out onto that stage. And not with the knowledge that I have. Yet how many know that small bit of knowledge Blast so many people's lives. Amen. Um, to the fact that, you know what, he's, he's someone I still listen to on a regular basis. Do you know why? Because it was rich, rich in faith, rich in the word, and yet for all of us, it's still small. It's like one plus one to God. <laughs> it's like faith for dummies. Do you know what I mean? It, it lets us know that God's awesome. But thank God that God made it so simple that we can still use it and be effective um, and get amazing results. It's like the farmer. The farmer doesn't know how the seed works, but he knows how to work the seed. The electrician doesn't know how electricity works, but they know how to work electricity. They know how to set it up. And even us guys, you know, maybe you know more than me in it. I don't know very much about electricity, but I know this. I know how to turn on a light and I can get light. I know how to plug my phone in. I know how to plug in my, you know, uh, laptop. I know how to boil the kettle. Know how to put the, the oven on. What about algebra? Algebra? <laughs> well, I can give it a wee go now, so I can. <laughs> but I tell you what, compared to a physicist, it's useless. And that's what it's like. You see, like it's like when you go to um, Apple and you go to the Genius Bar, you can feel intimidated because, you know, these people know seem to know everything about computers. They talk a different language. And yet, compared to God, we're all limited. We all need Him. And see that remaining teachable? That's what gives you our humility. That's what causes you to be meek. Amen. Meekness also means gentle, mild, and it's related to humility. And do you know what? When we talk about being even gentle and mild, gentle and mild doesn't mean that you're a doormat. It doesn't mean that you're weak. Do you know what? To be meek doesn't equal weak. 
you know what? You can be meek. You can be mild. You can have a, you can have a, 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 a control about you, how you speak to people and all of those kind of things. Have a humility. It doesn't make you weak. Yet many times people um, um, put those two things together. You know what? Meekness isn't like, you know, hiding in the corner, you know, gentle and crying. It's not a man being effeminate. You know what? Because I'm, I'm, I'm meek and mild. Like, pathetic. Do you know what I mean? It's not like you were beat with a chain. No, like if you see a dog that has been beat with a chain or beat with a rope, it is so timid. Like our dog, our dog um, was rescued. So we got, we got that dog as a rescue dog. You know, it, was, it would have been dead. And uh, um, really that wee dog picked us because we went and there was a litter and there was a wee step and it was the only one that could get up to, over the step out of all of the litter and came right up to us. And it was the one we wanted, both of us before it got there, but it was like it picked us. But you see those dogs, whatever happened to those dogs, She's so hyper and she's, she, she'd be like afraid of things and different things. And, you know, and yet, you know what? She's the most loving thing as well. But you know, like, you know, that it has, has had some kind of an experience before we got it. Yeah. And sometimes some Christians are like that. They look like they've been bit. Yeah. You know, they're meek and they're mild, but it's, it's a weakness. It's not a strength. Yeah. That's not what the Bible talks about, being meek and mild. Um, it's not like having a poor attitude, a, a, a beat-down attitude, a, a timid attitude. Sometimes people equate those things. Because you see these religious people, the people, and they're just, they're just pathetic. They, they look like they're, you know, they're like, like this in the picture. You know, and uh, there's, n- there's no backbone to them. There's, and yet that's people's religious mindset of what it is to be meek and mild. Over in, um, in Colossians chapter 2, it talks about a false humility, and that's religion. And that's a false meekness. And there is counterfeits to all of the fruit of the Spirit. Um, but you know what? We can be meek and mild and be teachable and all of those things and still not be a doormat. Um, I've known people over the years that have been meek and mild and gentle, and boy, they were strong they may have been um, meek and mild in their approach with people, but they were strong in their beliefs. They were strong in what they stood for. They were strong in their, their doctrine. You know what? They were, they were strong people, but when they talk to you, they can actually be meek and mild and reach people and reach all types of people without compromising who they are. You see, being meek and mild doesn't mean to say that you're flimsy. You can be as solid as a rock and still be able to minister to people in a way that isn't arrogant and prideful. See, that's a, that's a meek attitude. Meekness removes pride and arrogancy. That's what it does. And it allows you to serve others, no matter their title, no matter their age, no matter their position in life, no matter their sex, no matter their color. You, you're, you're able to serve you see, there's amazing qualities that shows a real high level of spiritual maturity. Here's another thing with meek as well. Meek doesn't mean poor. Sometimes people say if you're humble, you, you know what? You can only be humble if you're poor. No, you can be humble and rich. Humility has got nothing got to do with how much you have in the bank or how little you have in the bank. Humility is a hard attitude. 
It has to do with having a humble heart. And there's people that have a humble heart and have a rich bank. And there's people who have a prideful heart and have a poor bank. It is not how much stuff you have. It's the heart attitude. That's why, you know what, as God promotes you and adds to you, don't let your heart change. Don't let it change who you are. Don't let it change how you treat people and different things like that. Amen. Meekness doesn't mean, on the same, same thought as that, meekness doesn't mean that you have a low position in life. It's the same kind of thing. Sometimes people think, you know, you can only be meek if you have a, 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 t- a title that is low. No, you, again, it's down to a heart issue. You can be a king and be meek. Amen. You can have a meek heart. David was a king with a humble heart. He was a king, but he always had that shepherd's heart. See, it it has nothing got to do with title. And you see a thing, if you can keep a humble heart, no matter how high you go, it doesn't change you and how you deal with people. Money doesn't make you better than people. Titles don't make you better than people. It just means you have a better opportunity in life. It just means you can buy things that maybe other people can't buy, but it doesn't make you better. Praise God. There's a lot of great people who don't have a lot in life, but they're great people. And there's a lot of stinkers who have a lot of stuff in life. And it works vice versa. I'm just trying to show those extremes. Because it's humility um, has a lot of things attached to it, especially in religion, where people think you can only be humble. And you know what? If you're poor, don't have a title. You know what? Live in a cardboard box kind of a thing. You know what? You, you, know, you, couldn't, you couldn't drive anything nice. You couldn't live in anything nice because that wouldn't be humble. Humility is all about the heart. You can be humble driving a top-of-the-range car because you're humble in heart. The car doesn't define you. You have a humble heart. When you step out of that car, you don't think you're better than someone driving a different car because you have a humble heart. You love people. Humility allows you to reach people no matter what level they're on. Pride lifts you up. Thinks that you're better, but actually that you're, you're, the higher you go when you're in pride, it's just going to be a longer way down in the fall. It, it was what caused Satan to fall was pride. And notice it wasn't his title. It wasn't his job. It wasn't all of those things that God gave him. God, see, Lucifer was an awesome creature, an awesome creature. He was perfect in beauty, full of wisdom. But what happened with him was his heart started to get elevated. And instead of giving God the glory, he started to take the glory. He started to say that I'm going to be like God. He started wanting God's place. And it wasn't, see, he had all of those things. God gave him all of those things, but it wasn't the things. It was that he started to think that he was something. Instead of keeping his focus on God, his focus then came on himself. And his heart got lifted up. You see, humility and pride is a heart issue. It's not a stuff issue. Amen. And if you walk with God, God will teach you how to be humble. And God can promote you. And God can bless you and add to your life. And you still give him praise. You know what? It wouldn't matter whether you were wearing shoes with holes in them, you'd be giving God praise. Or whether you're putting on a pair of shoes that were 500 quid, you'd be giving God praise. It wouldn't matter whether you know you had jeans that were wore out, or whether you were putting on a suit or you know an outfit 
that was, you know what, worth thousand quid or whatever, you'd still be giving God praise because the stuff is only stuffed here. Amen. It's just stuff. What's important in life is not stuff. What's important in life is people. Amen. And having a humble heart that gives God praise. Amen. And allows us to minister to people. See, that's humility. Humility is not a weak thing. Humility or meekness it allows you, whether it's in ministry, whether it's on the job, whether it's wherever, it allows you to keep serving people no matter how high you go. Amen. It allows you to do what others would think is the menial things. It allows you to keep serving people no matter what. Serving, do you know what I mean? That's that's an attitude. It's a hard attitude. It doesn't change you as a person. Sometimes people say, I wouldn't do that on your bike. It just shows. That's like saying, you know what? I'm better than everybody else. But you see, a hard attitude allows you to minister to people. And if, if we want to reach people, we need to have a humble heart. You see, a humble heart is a, it's a heart that's not lifted up. It's a heart that is at the right level. Amen. It's a heart that's low, where it's not elevating self. It actually puts self down so that I'm not getting lifted up in pride, so that then I can still minister to people, no matter whether they smell good or not. You know what I mean? No matter whether they wear nice things or not. No matter what side of the tracks they're on. No matter whether, you know what, they're, they're from a different background than what you're normally used to. Praise God for humility. God is meek. And think of God. God is God Almighty. And yet he's meek. Like if anybody could be lifted up in pride... Do you know what it could be God? Do you know what I mean? God's not. But if anybody has the right to, he knows everything. He has all ability. He's all knowledge, all power, all wisdom. Yet God has a humble heart. Um, In Psalms 138 and verse 6, it says, Though the Lord be, look at this, though the Lord be high. You see, sometimes people say, if you're humble, you can't be high. God's high. Lo, the Lord be high, yet he hath respect unto the lowly. God is so high, yet he can reach so low. You see, being high doesn't equal pride. I've heard people say, how can they call themselves a Christian? Did you see the car they're driving? Why is God not allowed to be good to his kids? You know what? Is it, is it only the world can drive nice things, wear nice things? I always find it amazing. People will, will criticize people, you know, that are, um, do all the things that they do. They spend money on everything, drink morning, noon, and night, or whatever. And then if a Christian, they're not doing those things, yet they buy something nice for themselves. And then people are like, how do they have that? You know what, I've known people who have stopped doing certain things and they've been able to go on holidays that they couldn't go on before because they were spending all their money on their addictions. You understand? 
Yet, like, you know, for many times we're believers, you know, we don't, we don't do a lot of things that other people do. We're not blowing our money in the bookies every weekend or, you know what, in the pub the whole weekend and drinking from morning to night and stuff like that. And then, and then if you get a nice car, people say, oh, look at them, they're a Christian and they're driving a, a lovely car. Yeah, God's good. Amen. God will give you the good of the land and you don't have to be ashamed of it. It's not about, but you don't get prideful. You give glory to God. Look what the Lord has done. He'll do it for you as well. God is high and lifted up, yet he's respect for the lowly. Psalms 136 is a great psalm. Um, I, I won't read through it all, but it talks about God being the God of gods. He's the Lord of lords. It talks about he alone does great wonders, okay? It talks about he smote great kings and slew famous kings. This great, awesome God who's the God of gods. Do you know what? He's, he's top. I mean, you can't get higher than God. He's the most high. And he defeated kings, famous kings. And yet it says, who remembers us in our lowest state? And he has redeemed us from our enemies. God is so high, but he didn't forget us who are way down lower. Thank God through Jesus, we've been lifted high. But we couldn't lift ourselves high. In Adam, at the beginning, we had a great high position. But then man sinned and fell short of the glory of God. And if it wasn't for a redeemer coming for, for us who loved us so much, who would go down as low as you could go, we would have been at the bottom for all of eternity. But thank God for Jesus. Amen. And thank God for a God who loves us. The Bible says of God, surely he scorns the, the scorner, but he gives grace unto the lowly. Amen. Lamentations 3 and verse 55, it says, I called upon the Lord out of the low dungeon. You know what's a dungeon? Prison. Do you know there's been loads of people who have got saved in prison? Sometimes people say, oh, do you know, they only got saved to get out. And I'm sure there's been people that have done that as well. I'm sure there's people have done that, the, the, you know, to, um, to look like they have it on their record for good behavior or something like that. You know, people have all different motives in life. But you know what? God sees the heart. God knows. But I'm telling you, there's a lot of people who got genuinely saved in jail. What a place to call out on the Lord. There's a lot of people in their life look like it was over. Where do I go from here? Thank God God is so humble that God can actually visit people in prison, minister to people in prison. That's how good our God is. God's not afraid of jail. God's not afraid of, you know what, places where, you know, where all different types of things go without putting names and everything. God knows how to reach people. And I'll tell you, he's so humble that he, he can go down to that low place. See, that's what humility is all about. It's, it's about keeping yourself in a place where you still love people, reach people, minister to people. Yet God can be promoting you and putting you high and giving you promotion and work. But yet you don't say, oh, I have a, I have a, higher, I have a higher position than everybody at work. I don't eat with you guys anymore because you know what? I go back here because I'm too good now to eat with all of you. No, humility doesn't think like that. Humility still loves people, cares for people, because that's the way our God is. Um, 
The Bible says in Psalms 113 verse 4, it says, The Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. And it says that he dwells on high. Everything about God himself is high. But then it says here, Psalms 113 and verse 6, it says, He humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and on earth, even in this realm. Do you know what have happened on earth in this realm? You know what? They're still high and low in this realm, and yet God can visit the high and the low. Do you know what? God reaches people who are at the top, who got to the top in life and realized they didn't have anything. You see, God's just interested in people. It's not that sometimes people think, oh, God only goes for the low people. God goes for everyone. Jesus died for everyone. The problem is sometimes people, they either need to get to being so big to realize that it was all empty or else that it was some people have to go to the bottom to realize that it's all, all empty. Do you know what I mean? I've known people who got everything in life and they were so empty at the end of it. I've known people got saved. They, they, they ended up coming to church and getting saved and they had everything. They had a top job. They, it was like they had the perfect house, perfect car, perfect wife, perfect dog. You know what I mean? Perfect wallpaper, perfect everything. And they were empty. They were standing looking and saying, what is life all about? Because I'm still missing something. And they realized they needed something else. That something else was a relationship with Jesus Christ. But God is so high yet he humbles himself. Look at this here. He, he raises up the poor out of the dust. Do you know what? You can't go lower than the dust. Now what's worse than dust? He lifts up the needy out of the dunghill. Do you know what? You have to go to the dunghill to reach people that are in the dunghill. There's a lot of people in the dunghill of life. And yet God has no problem reaching people right where they are. But he doesn't leave people where they are. That's a good thing. It says that he may set them with princes. Thank God. God is in the business of lifting people up. But in order to lift people up, you have to reach down low many times. But only uh, humility allows you to reach down low to give someone a hand up. And I'm telling you, we're going about as the light of the world with Jesus in us. We have Christ in us, the hope of glory. And I tell you, we don't need to be people that represent Jesus badly because our Jesus had no problem reaching people that were low. I hate statements like this. I just hate them. Look at the cut of them. I hate that. It does something in me. Look at the state of them. Look at the state of what they're driving. It does something in me. Do you know why? Because I, I, know, where I, I know where I came from. I thank God where I was brought up, the people I was brought up around. You know, it does something to you too because it reminds you that people are people. Are people. Sometimes people think, oh, you know, people grew up in a council estate and look at the state of them and look at this and look at that. Let me tell you, they're all people Jesus died for, every single one, every single person. Praise God for Jesus. Do you know what I was thinking during the week? 
when I was younger, I can remember one time my dad had this car and whatever happened at the bonnet or something got racked and then the door got racked and, you know, we went to a scrapyard and got a, a bonnet, right? And then went to, went and got a door when the door got broken. So we had a blue car and I, I can't remember the one of the, do- the door was red <laughs> and the bonnet was a different color. I mean, it was like Joseph's coat. You know what I mean? <laughs> And I thought about it, you know, um, thank God we got new cars after that. And I can remember my mum and dad getting a real nice car then after that. But I can remember that one particular car. You know, your, your, your dad say he came to take you somewhere and you'd go, yeah, and then you'd get in the back seat and duck. <laughs> you'd be going past like this here. But I can remember one day um, my dad um, collected me from school and it was absolutely lashing came out my dad's there or whatever like it but I can remember my mate was there <laughs> and my dad said do you want to lift home I'll take you home and my mate looked at the car and went it's alright I'll walk <laughs> it was so funny and I never forgot it I know like young people as teenagers you know when we were scundered or whatever like, I was embarrassed with what he even said I couldn't hold my head up for days kind of a thing but here's the thing about God it is amazing that even with Jesus, Jesus so high and mighty, and yet Jesus had no problem coming down to the lowest level to reach people. That always amazes me. It's sometimes, sometimes we can have things in life and then we can think that, you know what, I'm doing better, you know what I mean, than anybody else. And it's, it's, we should just be giving God glory for every, like you would say, win in your life. It's from him. Amen. Amen. And I just, I always stuck with me that. I mean, I was, I was humiliated myself. I was embarrassed. But you know what? I just, I thought about it, you know, this week when I was putting things together. And I just thought, you know what? What was it like for Jesus to come knowing who he was and walk among us? And he was so humble to come to people that you would think, you know, if anybody shouldn't be in that company, it should be you. And yet the Pharisees and that didn't understand Jesus. They, did, they didn't understand why he let um, prostitutes and everything come up and touch his feet and all of those kind of things. They couldn't work that out. It was because Jesus came right to the dunghill of life. Why? Because that's where people are. There's people at the top. There's people at the bottom. But to Jesus, all people. And yet if anybody could have been prideful and kind of things, say, I'm not getting in the car, do you understand? It was a young lad. I was the same. Do you know what I mean? I'm just saying in that illustration, if anyone could have turned around and says, I'm not coming, or I wouldn't get, I wouldn't be seen dead in it. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be seen dead in that car. Think of what Jesus done. It's mind-boggling. And Hannah's prayer, she prayed that, you know, that he raises the poor out of the dust and lifts up the beggar from the dunghill and sets him among princes. You know, Jesus himself, as I said, Jesus is, a, is God Almighty, second member of the Godhead, and yet he humbled himself to come and to walk among us. That's amazing. It's ama- it does something to your head. It does something to your psyche when you realize what Jesus has done for you. 
You know, Jesus came down so low, right from like his birth. I know Joseph and Mary had the money to stay somewhere, but nevertheless, his purpose and what God was doing, Jesus was born in a stable. We remember that this time of the year. Jesus was born in a stable. How many kings were born in a stable? And when the angels appeared, they appeared onto shepherds, people of low position. I know the Magi came later. And that shows, like, you know, Jesus, the meekness and his majesty in one person. Um, Mary, the Bible lets us know that she was of low position. Mary was not a queen, she was not a king's daughter. And yet Jesus was born in a stable. It was announced to shepherds to an ordinary girl. She was an ordinary girl with an extraordinary son. You know, again, many times people come from low positions. And then when they get older, they think they're better than where they came from. You know, God has more for all of us. But you know what? It's not about being better. It's about God has added to our lives or changes or brought us out of places. But it's not about, you know, now I'm out, I'm proud. Look at the state of them. I tell you, only, only for God in any of our lives, where would we be? Amen. Look at what the Lord has done. Amen. Do you know what? I am... Um, I was thinking about it this week, you know what, I, I, like I, I'd be so appreciative of like, you know, my mom and dad, you know, the impact that they had, like my mom's, my mom's really just a country girl that ended up living in the town, and she's still a country girl, she doesn't know, my mom doesn't know how to receive things, do you know why, she'll always tell you, I didn't get, I didn't have things whenever I was growing up, she finds it hard. And yet God's been so good to her and added to her and blessed her all of the years. But yet she's still a country girl at heart. You know, your heart is, is important. I, I've, I've never seen my mom or, or my dad. And you know what? And thank God, you know what? It's what God wants out of her lives. But I just use that because I know just for my upbringing, not that they were perfect. I said, we're far from perfect. No, I'm joking. <laughs> not that they were perfect. But you know what? I, I watched my dad and my mom and I heard how they even talked to people or dealt with people or they went, went places. It never made difference with people as in like, you know, it didn't matter why a person had loads of money or no money. They talked to everybody. It's, it's good qualities. You know, sometimes people came from like humble beginnings or whatever and then they think that they're better than everybody else. Humility allows you to keep a humble heart so that you can just keep reaching people wherever you go. You see, God lifts you really high. You've got a different circle as well. You can run in and you can minister to people. There's people reach people at the top because God's elevated to, them to the top in life. But it's a heart issue. Amen. Think about it. Mary was an ordinary woman and Joseph was a tradesman. No king and queen in that environment. And yet that's where Jesus came. You think of Jesus that he washed the disciples' feet. And Judas. Imagine washing Judas' feet. Knowing he's going to betray you. 
Was Jesus weak? No. The Bible says that Jesus, before he took that towel, he knew who he was. He knew where he came from, and he knew where he was going. He knew exactly who he was. Serving people doesn't change who you are in God. You are a, you're royalty in God. When you make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, you are royalty. You're royal priesthood. You're a child of the King. Serving people doesn't change your position. You're not a servant by birth. You're a servant by choice. Amen. And Jesus served people, but he knew exactly who he was. You see, serving doesn't change that you're... As for Jesus, he's God Almighty. He's high. He deserves worship. When he, when, he came into, when he came into Jerusalem on the donkey, if they wouldn't have praised that day, the rocks would have cried out because he deserves our praise. Yet how did he come in, in a, on a donkey? See, when Jesus came the first time, his heart was on display and it shows his humility. Let me tell you, when Jesus comes back, he's not coming back on a donkey, he's coming back on a white horse. Because he's coming back as king of kings and lord of lords. He's a king who has a humble heart. But don't think for one second that Jesus is weak. And don't think for one second that serving Jesus means that you are flimsy. And that you're, you know, uh, uh, what we would have said when we were growing up. It's not politically correct. A big girl's blouse. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what you mean by that whenever you say that? You know, where you don't have a backbone. Let me tell you, Jesus is not wimpy, you know what, effeminate. Jesus is king of kings and lord of lords. Even when he walked this earth, he was meek. He reached people. But I'm telling you, he was strong. He could stand in front of kings. He could stand in front of, you know, uh, um, the Pharisees and not bend. He wasn't flimsy. You see, only in God can you be meek and mild and be strong at the same time. Religion will make a wimp out of you. Religion will make a doormat out of you. But God will make you strong as an ox and yet gentle. Only God can do it. He can lift you so high and keep you where we would say having your feet on the ground. Only God can do that. And it's perfectly seen in Jesus. Jesus said, come on to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Why? Because I am meek and lowly in heart. Meek and lowly in heart is a heart, is a heart issue. Do you know you can come to Jesus? You can run to Jesus. Do you know if you're carrying too much and you know what, even if you've went your own way and you ended up carrying the weight of the world in your shoulders because you hadn't been spending time with him, do you know Jesus is still inviting and saying, come to me? Do you know he will never turn around and say to you, yes, you deserve what you get. You should have spent time with me. He's not like many earthly leaders. <laughs> He's different. You deserve everything you get. That's not our Jesus. Our Jesus is, you can do it your own way and get burnt out. And he's saying, come on to me. You'll find rest for your soul. He's always inviting. He's, he's, see, he's, he's humble in heart. You never have to run from Jesus. Even if you get it wrong, 
Even if you do do it your own way and you start singing Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. You know what? When you find out your way doesn't work, Jesus is there waiting for you. Amen. God let people do their own thing and make a mess because he gave us free choice. But he's still humble. And as soon as you turn around, he's not there sitting going. (laughs) He's not like that. Yet many times some leaders are like that. There's leaders that if you if you get it wrong, say you say you say you thought, you know what? You know what? I, I think I think um I think you know what God wants me to go somewhere different, a different church or whatever, like and you go to a different church and after about six months you realise, you know, where am I? What am I doing here? It's actually getting fed where I was. And you get up and you say, Do you know what? I'm going back. I'm going back to where I was being ministered to. So then when you go back, it's like, oh, look at them coming in here. Oh, we'll make them suffer for a while. And you give the cold shoulder for months to make them suffer. That's not our God. Jesus, Peter denied Jesus with cursing and swearing. How did Jesus respond to him? Give him a catch of fish and then offered him a job. That'll mess you up. <laughs> It's good to him. Peter came. It wasn't that, Peter came. Peter was, Peter was heartbroken. What he what he did and what it, it all hit him. The the pain of it hit him. But Jesus wasn't there to laugh at him. Jesus, come on to me. You'll find rest for your soul instead of being tormented in his mind with the failures and the mistakes that he made. He was able to run to a humble Jesus, who was able to embrace him, lift him up caused Peter to go on to be the man that his shadow passed over people and was healed. Why? Because Jesus is making mild, not weak. He's making mild. He's not cold shoulder. You failed. Go and suffer for a while. Do your penance. Christians do penance as well. It's not just religion that does penance. Christian penance is beating yourself up for a while before you feel worthy to come. No, we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Praise God. If, um, if Caesar would have come into Jerusalem, would he have come in on a donkey? No, he had to come in with the glory of Rome. And yet our Savior came in on a donkey. Not because that's all he could afford, kind of a thing, you know what I mean? No, he, he was displaying a hard attitude. He was washing feet. He was showing the heart of the kingdom. But I'm telling you, he is God Almighty. He's King of kings and he's Lord of lords. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let me just say this in, in closing as well, that Jesus, he was so humble that he was at the highest height and yet he went to the lowest low. Amen. Yes. Praise God. That's amazing. Right? The hell itself. Why? So that he could lift us to be seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen? Thank God that in Christ we are high. In Christ we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Yet we are here as God's ambassadors with a humble heart. You know us. None of us are perfect. 
I can look at, I can read stuff and study stuff and I can look at my life and go, do you know what, God, there's areas there, there's attitudes there that aren't good. I need to change in those areas. But you know what? Know how we change? Know how meekness? Know how meekness gets an operation in our lives? Just what we're talking about tonight. See, once you see how awesome our God is, see, once you talk about his heart, he's high and mighty, but can go down so low. He observes things in heaven and earth. He can go down to the dust, go down to the dunghill. Do you know what? In your heart, you go, do you know what? I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be more like my God. I want to be more like my Father. Amen? And so what, a, what a, an amazing quality. And yet, if you can look at meekness and you'll see about being teachable, you can see about promotion and all of those things that come out of meekness. May you know the meek shall inherit well, the earth. That's in life, but also in the new heaven and the new earth. Let me tell you, that's ours. Everything's ours. Jesus owns everything and we're his joint heirs. You know what? The meek inherit the earth. God, so many scriptures on God promoting the humble. See, humility doesn't mean low in life. It means low in heart. Yet when you're humble, when you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, what happens? He shall lift you up. Amen. So praise God. Humility actually is the roadmap to promotion. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We'll leave it there this evening. Amen.